Well, it is Friends Day, and it looks like uh, the rain is behind us, praise the Lord. Uh, so I, I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, we have water slides. Um, I thought that we wouldn't even need to put water on them. They'd just be natural water slides uh, with, with the rain, but instead uh, it looks like it's going to be dry. So have, have fun out there. Enjoy yourselves. I think it's going to be a pretty good time together. I've always enjoyed Friends Day. It's, it's probably one of my favorite days of the year. My favorite day, by the way, is Christmas Eve. Anybody here ever been to our Christmas Eve service? A uh, lot of fun. Uh, my favorite part about it is I get to wear a red sweater uh, to, fr to, to Christmas Eve service. I'm not sure. My wife is a real big fan of the sweater, but um, it just stays in that closet, and it is just sitting there looking pretty, waiting, just dying to be worn again on Christmas Eve. But if you know, uh, we did have the big sign out there as you came uh, through the doors. It says, Behold, I am. Uh, Behold, I am. That's the summer series that we've been doing at LifeSpring. And, and I've really enjoyed it. If you spent any time at all at LifeSpring this summer, you know that that's what we've been doing. And, and the series is all about looking at the words of Jesus. So when you look at your Bible and you look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that you would look at the red letters, right, to see what Jesus has to say. Because in the world we live in and in the country we live in, uh, there's a lot of different things that people say about Jesus. There's a lot of different messages that people give about Jesus. And so we wanted to say, hey, let's not look at what Google has to say. Let's not uh, pay too much attention to what Facebook has to say about Jesus. What does Jesus actually have to say about himself, right? Who does he say that he is? And so each claim that he makes, we've taken a deeper look, just kind of dived in a little bit deeper to see what Jesus has to say. In John chapter 8, we saw that Jesus says, he actually says that he's the great I am. And he said that before Abraham was, if you remember Abraham, he says before Abraham even was, he goes, I am. This, this bold statement declaring that he is God. In, in another portion of John, he says that I am the bread of life. He says, if you eat of me, if you drink of me, you'll never be hungry or thirsty again. One of my favorite ones, he says that he is the light of the world. He says, I'm the light of the world. He goes, if you walk in me, you will not walk in darkness. Instead, you'll have the light of life. Isn't that good? Isn't, it kind of feels like there's a little bit of darkness going on in the world today, but when you got Jesus, you have the light of the world. He also tells us in John 10, he says he's the gate, the gate, the door. He says anyone who enters through me will be saved. Also in John chapter 10, he says that he is the good shepherd. Did you know Jesus calls himself the good shepherd? Like he loves his sheep. He takes care of his sheep. He makes this radical statement in John chapter 10. He says he's the good shepherd who even lays down his life for the sheep. And then we had our, our fa one of our favorite people, Miss Laura Ranow. She came up and she preached from John chapter 14. And she said that Jesus declared, I am the way, the truth, the life. You remember that? And no one comes to the Father except through me. Today, uh, he's going to make another claim. It's a pretty good one. It's found in John chapter 15. If you have your Bibles, your smartphones, tablets, whatever you got, open them up to John chapter 15. Again, John is found in the New Testament. Uh, New Testament starts with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. There's four written accounts, gospel accounts of Jesus' life. And this is John, the, the last one you find there. And it's going to be chapter 15. And we're going to actually start in verse 1. Verse 1. 
Okay, this is Jesus speaking. Red letters. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Why? So that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, verse 4. He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, Jesus declares. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, guess what? You can do nothing. All right, so he says, I'm the vine and my father is the vine dresser. Jesus is the vine. Father is the vine dresser. Vine dresser, probably not a word maybe you've ever used in your life. Kind of a weird one. But just think of it as a, a vine dresser as a gardener, right? We know who a gardener would be. A gardener takes care of the garden. He's the one who's doing the pruning. He's the one who's doing the cutting. So as a vine dresser, he's the one that's taking care of the vineyard. As a gardener, he'd be the one taking care of the garden, right? And then in here he declares that you and I, we are, anyone remember? We are the the branches, right? We're, we're the branches. And as branches, we are to bear fruit. The ones that don't bear fruit, guess what? He takes away. The ones who do bear fruit, guess what? He prunes, right? He prunes. Why? So that we can bear even more fruit. So the Father is the gardener. Jesus is the vine. You and I, we are the what? Branches, and we bear fruit. Now, when you hear a story like this, I don't know about you, but when I hear a story like this, I think about this man in the third row way over here who has got to be like the master gardener of the city of Milton uh, right there, right in the blue shirt. Raise your hand. Kent Ross, uh, the most amazing. He is so freaking out right now. Kent Ross, he is this amazing uh, gardener. I, I've gotten to enjoy uh, some of the best vegetables that I think I've ever tasted from his garden. I, I've had beans. I, I don't know all the things that you grow, but I know beans and cucumbers. I've had some lettuce. Uh, what was the weird lettuce that you grew? Drunken woman frizzy-headed <laughs> lettuce. I felt guilty eating it, but it tasted good. Tomatoes. I mean, he's just, he's really, really good at what he does. But then, I was on Facebook the other day. Uh, if you know, I'm not on Facebook, but my wife is. And so every once in a while, I pretend to be Mary. If she ever likes something really weird or odd, it wasn't her. It was me. But maybe you saw this. Mar Mary posted a picture of the vegetables growing in our garden. And, and this is what she wrote about the vegetables in our garden. She said, <laughs> if anyone needs tips on how to grow laughably small vegetables, I'm pretty much dominating right now. <laughs> Cute little onions, right? You see that cute little pepper there and cute little cucumbers. I mean, it isn't that we don't try. We, we definitely do. But we're just not at the level of Kent Ross. But now here Jesus is, and he, and he says that those who abide in him, who are connected to him, they're not branches in the, the birch garden, right? No, they are branches in the Kent Ross garden. They're branches in the master gardener's garden or in the master vine dresser's vineyard. We need to understand that we're in the hands of a professional, right? He, he knows what he's doing, and he knows how to cut, he knows how to prune, and, and he knows how to do it in ways that produce amazing and beautiful fruit. So I want to read that again. With, with that context, with that idea, I want you to hear this passage again. This is Jesus, again, red letters. He says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. 
Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does not bear fruit or does bear fruit, he prunes. Why? So that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. That's a great passage. There's a lot going on in that passage. If you're looking for a verse to memorize, I love memorizing verses. Uh, Verse 4 is a great one, right? Because in verse 4, Jesus really kind of gives us the key to all this. He says, abide in me, right? And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you unless what? Unless you abide in me. So if you and I want to bear fruit, we have to abide in Jesus. It makes sense, right? Just logically, if he's the vine and we're the branches, if we're going to bear fruit, we got to be connected to the vine. Right? We have, there's no other way. You got to be connected to the vine. Without it, you're not going to bear fruit. And Jesus puts it this way. He said, I hope you caught this. He said, apart from him, you can do nothing. Apart from him, you can do nothing. I was thinking about that little phrase this week. I can actually do a lot apart from Jesus, right? Anybody else doing really good at doing things outside of Jesus? It's just probably not very good, right? It's probably not going to be in the category of good fruit. What he means by nothing, he's, he's talking about fruit. And if you want your life to be fruitful, and I think maybe we do, right? If you want your life to be all that God designed and created it to be, you got to be connected to the vine. If you're not connected, your life, and I don't even have to tell you this, but if you're not connected, your life is just not going to look anywhere close to what it was supposed to look like. The branches, it's going to look funny without any of that healthy fruit. I, I mean, I don't need a show of hands here, but have you ever tried to live your life without Jesus? Have you ever tried to live that day-to-day life without being connected? It's a tough way to go. It's a painful way to go. And I know in my own life, it's an extremely frustrating way to go. But praise the Lord. Jesus is here. He's here to actually encourage us. He's actually telling us some good news. He says, hey man, if you get connected to me, where I'm in you and you are in me, if you get connected to the, to the vine, guess what? Your life is going to shine. Your life is going to bear fruit. All right, well, what does it even mean to have Jesus abiding you and you abiding in Jesus? Again, maybe not a phrase you say in the day-to-day conversations in the year 2017. I just want to abide in you. And would you abide in me? Like, you're probably not saying that to anybody these days. So here we go. Abiding in Jesus. What does he mean? Well, thankfully, he actually tells us. Just keep on reading. Verse 9, he says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Listen to this. He says, abide. Where? He says, abide in my love, in my love, abide in my love. Everybody say that, abide in my love. Jesus is saying in verse 10, he says, if you keep my commandments, guess what? You will abide in my love. And he goes on to say, just as I've kept my father's commandments and I abide in his love, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. 
So to remain in Jesus or to abide in Jesus and to have Jesus in you, I hope you just see that, it is to abide in his love, to rest in his love. And he says as you abide in the love of Jesus, Jesus actually puts joy in you. Did you catch that part? Joy in you. How much joy he says that you would have joy to the full. I hope you caught that. I hope you hear how good that is. If you abide in the love of Jesus, you're going to have joy. In fact, you're going to have so much joy, not just a little bit of joy. You're going to have so much joy that he says it's going to be full. In fact, if they passed another plate of joy around, you go, sorry, I already got enough. I am completely full of joy. Don't you think there's just a few people in this world, maybe a few people in this room, that are more living on the empty side of joy compared to the full side of joy? And yet Jesus is calling out. He says, hey, come to me. If you abide in me, you're not just going to have joy. You're going to have so much joy, the greatest amount of joy possible. Do you believe that? I sure do. By the way, if you're not a Christian here this morning and you keep on running into Christians that are not full of joy, if I were you, I just wouldn't spend much time listening to what they have to say. Right? If, if they're always walking around discouraged and depressed, sad and despair, they might not be the real deal because real deal Christians, they're abiding in the love of Jesus and in His love they have the fullness of joy. I'm not saying your Christian friends can't have a bad day. We all have a bad day. In fact, if your Christian friends tell you they never have a bad day, that's a whole other issue. Run away from them. They are just faking it. (laughs) But honestly, I mean, I'm just not talking about a moment. I'm talking about day after day after day. If they're always coming to you with everything that's wrong, right? Everything that's wrong with their life. I'd just be careful hanging out with them for too long because real followers of Jesus Christ, I'm not making this up. This is what it tells us. Real followers, they have joy. In fact, they have real joy, like a joy that this world can't give, a joy that can only come from abiding in the presence of Jesus and remaining in his love. Well, how do you abide in the love of Jesus? All right, this is sounding pretty good. We all want joy. We want this life that Jesus offers. Well, how do we do this? How do we abide in the love of Jesus? Well, verse 10, Jesus declares, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Did you catch that? How do you abide in his love? You keep his commandments. All right, well, I want to abide in his love, so give me your commandments, right? I'm, I'm ready to experience that love and to abide in your love and have that joy, so give me your commandments. What are your commandments? Verse 12, this is what Jesus says. This is my commandment, that you what? That you love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. That's my great commandment. That's what Jesus, red letters, that's what he declares. If you want to abide in my love, then you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. It's amazing. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing. I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you so that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. He's so clear. This is not a confusing passage. He's saying, I chose you. I I appointed you to go and to bear fruit. But the only way you're going to bear fruit is if you follow my command to love one another as I have loved you. A love so great, by the way, that you would even lay down your life for another. 
That's how you abide in the Lord. That's how you live this life that is so full of joy. It's all found in how we love. You can't bypass love on the road to the abundant life. A good way to think of it is this. The fullness of your life is measured by the fullness of your love. You can't escape it. The fullness of your life will always be measured by the fullness of your love. Most of us in this room, we're a little bit older, right? We've been alive for a few decades. In those few decades, you ever feel out of whack? You ever feel like things just aren't clicking? You're not running on all cylinders? As you look at this passage, I hope we're able to look at this and just realize that you're going to feel out of sorts when you are struggling in the area of loving others as God and Jesus has loved you. You're always going to struggle. An unloving spirit, it just can mess you up. I see this often as a pastor. Someone comes into me and, and they, they come in with just this situation. They're mad about this situation and they're mad about this person. And you can just see the joy begin to be depleted from their face. Right? The, the more they talk about it, and they're just saying, well, this person did this, and this person did that, and, and this isn't fair, and they didn't treat me right, and just the more they talk, the more you just see the life and the love and the joy. It is just draining from their eyes, draining from their face. And if you want to be a branch that's connected to the vine, where you have a life that is producing fruit, like awesome fruit, you have to get to a place, and I believe God would want to help you get to a place today, but you have to find a place where Jesus is so close to you, that this place where He is in you and you are in Him, that you would be so intimately connected to Him that even when people come in and they say and do stupid things, right? You've ever had someone say something just stupid to you? When they come in and they say and do even mean things, when they say and do things that are just flat out wrong, that you would still be so close to Jesus, that His love would be so freely moving in and through your veins that even in those moments, Moments, in those moments that are unfair, those moments that are full of injustice, but you in that moment would allow the commandments of love just to flow through you, that you would love them as Christ has loved you. And even in the natural, you're like, man, this is impossible. I believe with the supernatural help of Jesus as he has loved you, I believe this, you and I can always love one another. Always. That's the only way Christianity works. Without love, you do not have life. A bitter spirit, an unloving spirit, it's amazing how it grows and it always starts so small and it begins to fester and it can consume a person's life. I've seen this again and again. It just steals the joy away from you. Have you ever been there before? It just steals all the good things. It just steals it away. But I'm telling you, the world, the world's going to throw its punches. You live in a world that can be challenging at times. You're going to have trouble at times. But when you're wounded, when you're hurt, if you decide to stay in that place of unforgiveness, if you just kind of put in your stakes and say, I am going to stop loving others, that unloving heart, it will rob you every time of so much of the good fruit that the Lord wants to produce in your life. And that branch, it will wither as it's no longer connected to the vine of love. I mean, it's not hard to understand. We try to kind of just go around that and, and try to just, just kind of avoid that. <laughs> but the equation is simple. Jesus loves. He loves. And if you're connected to Jesus, then you love. 
Jesus loves in that environment, in that situation. I don't even know that situation, what it looks like, but you know what I'm talking about, and you can see their faces right now, right? You know that environment. You know that workplace or that family situation or that classroom. You know what I'm talking about. You got to understand Jesus really loves those people. Like he died for those people. And he loves them. And as Jesus loves, if you're connected to the vine, guess what you do? What do you do? You love. You love. It's not complicated. He says, as I have loved you, love one another. When you're connected to the vine, you're connected to love. When you're connected to love, you will bear fruit, the fruit of love. The whole thing reminds me of something the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2. Paul, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. In chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, he says, Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Paul's saying, yeah, I, I hear you. The world, it's warped, it's crooked. He watches, you know, the news channels as well. But everything you do, do it without grumbling, right? Do it without arguing. And you'll become blameless and pure children of God without fault. And then and only then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Isn't that cool? Did you know that you could shine like a star in the sky? Anybody want to shine like a star in the sky? I mean, talk about fruit. Talk about the best kind of fruit when you are shining but one of the best ways to lose your shine is to lose your love you we've all tasted that right you lose your love you start just grumbling you start arguing you you're picking a fight with everybody and anybody you lose that love you lose the shine and you lose the joy that's the reality of so many human beings walking on this earth today so discouraged so depressed complaining, arguing, divisive. Jesus tells us today, he says, hey, it doesn't have to be that way. You can be a person of joy. You can shine like a star in the sky. All you have to do is come back to the vine. All you have to do is come back to Jesus, reconnect to him, reconnect to his love. At the very end of the Bible, there's this book called Revelation. Uh, it's quite a book. Uh, you should give it a read. But one of the things he says uh, he has some things to say to different churches. And one of the churches is the church in Ephesus. And he, and he says, But this I have against you, that you have abandoned the love that you had at first. And remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. And he says, Repent. Repent. Because there's many of us, if I interviewed you, if I put a mic in front of you and I asked, Hey, are you a Christian or not? Most of you would say, Yeah, I'm a Christian. And yet, if we're honest, and nobody else knows what's going on in your life, but if you're honest, there's a good chance maybe you're a Christian in word, but as you actually look at your life, you've wandered from the Lord. Again, this isn't even about what others think. This is just between you and God. You've wandered. And yeah, there was a day back in the day when you said yes and you believed in the Lord, but that day it seems more and more a distant memory compared to being the day-to-day reality of your life. And Jesus, he'd say to you today, just like he said to that church in Ephesus, You've forgotten me. You've forgotten your first love. But it's time to repent. It's time to stop. Stop what you're doing. Stop living how you're living. Stop, turn, and follow Jesus once again. 
And so maybe in our time together, I, I don't know how this is going to go with you, but maybe just use this time to take a hard look at your life. Be brutally honest. Again, this isn't something the pastor can do or the person to your left or, or right can do. This is between you and God. Just be brutally honest. Where are you at with your relationship with Jesus? And, and maybe even be so uh, bold to ask the Lord to reveal to you what the fruit looks like in your life, right? What is the fruit that is being produced in your life? And if it's looking a whole lot more like the Dan and Mary garden compared to the Kent Ross garden, it just might be time for a change. For us, I think we're going to try Miracle Grow. <laughs> but it might be time for a change, right? I mean, you feel it. I, again, you don't need me even to say these things. You, you feel it. You know that it's so far less than the life that God has created you, destined you to live. But again, there's no great mystery to all this. When you're not connected to the vine, this is the reality of your life, barely holding on, barely living, with the smallest amounts of joy, smallest amounts of love. But as I close this morning, I'll ask the worship team to come on up. I, I think the Lord would want you to know, and I think He's wanting us all to know this, that He is a loving God. He's a good God. And He doesn't want anyone in this room to live this way any longer. He's a powerful God. He's a God, as I was saying earlier, a God who brings light into the darkness. He's a God who brings hope into hopeless situations. He's a God who restores every heart that is broken. He's a good God who wants to be with you, wants to be in you, wants to guide you, wants to lead you. He even wants to help you. Today, He wants you, out of His love, out of His grace, He wants you to experience the fullness of life. The fullness of life. I, I want you just to think of what that looks like. The fullness of life. A life that is full of Him. Full of His presence. Full of His goodness. Full of His love. And gosh darn it, full of His joy. Full of His joy. And all you'd have to do in this moment to receive that life is just to stop. Just stop. Repent from whatever you're doing. Just stop. Come back to Him. He's never going to force you, by the way, to stay connected to the vine. I believe that. If, if, if you reject him, if you reject his offer of life, if you say no, I say no to your death, I say no to your resurrection, I believe he'll respect that decision. None of us in this room are robots. But if you want true life, if you want that life that is full, full of love, completely full of joy, he is willing, always willing, in fact, he is willing and able even now to give that to you right now, today. To every person who says yes to him, he will give you that fullness of life. So this is what I want to do. If we could just pray and spend some time praying to the Lord, if you would bow your heads with me. First, I just, I want to say this as we're in an attitude and spirit of prayer. If there's anybody here today who has never said yes to Jesus, or you've never put your faith and your trust in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Today is a wonderful, even the most perfect day to say yes to Him. And when you say yes to Jesus, He will forgive you of all your sins, all of your sins. And He will connect you to the vine. He'll give you life. He'll give you eternal life spent with Him. If you want to receive that life today, if you want your life to produce that good fruit that only can come from Jesus if you want to say yes to love, yes to joy, 
yes to Jesus. If that's you today, I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. But so I know who I'm praying with, would you raise your hand? And no one else is looking. Absolutely. Anybody else? Absolutely. Absolutely. Anybody else? Amen. Yes, I see you. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Amen. Yes. We're all going to pray with you guys together. We're going to declare this as a body, as a collective group. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, save me from my sins. Jesus, be my Savior. Jesus, be my Lord. I give my life completely to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. And may my life from this day forward, declare it, church, produce good fruit that comes from abiding in your love. In Jesus' name. As we continue to pray, and, and I, you just need to know right now, angels in heaven are rejoicing over each person who has said yes to Jesus and yes to his sacrifice. But if you've been a Christian for a while, and, but you just know it in your heart that you haven't been abiding with Christ for a while, that the fruit in your life isn't as healthy as it should be. God is not here to condemn you. He's not here to shame you. He loves you. He loves you. And if you're ready to come back to Christ, if you're ready to return to your first love, if you're ready to be that person that's full of love and full of joy, I want to pray for you as well. This is that moment of rededication, of coming back to your first love, coming back to Jesus. If that's you, would you raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with. Absolutely. All over this place. Hallelujah. Amen. Absolutely. Lord, that's every one of our hearts cry. We don't want to waste our lives. We don't want to waste our lives. This world is just shouting this message of mundane, mediocre, blah life. And yet, Jesus, you have called us to so much more. And yet we get sidetracked. Uh, we're, we're like little kids and, or like dogs that see a squirrel or little kids that see candy. We just go off to the left or off to the right. But today, Jesus, I just love you because of your clear call to us. You have not made today confusing. You have not made today a, a mystery. You have been clear to us today that if we abide in you, if we come to you, if we stay connected to you, our lives are going to be fruitful. Our lives are going to be full, full of love, full of joy and full of life. And so, Lord, I pray for all those people that raise their hands, so many of us in this room, that each one of them would just be reminded that even though this world is telling them a different story, this world whispers, God is dead. God is not here. God is not real. God won't help you. God won't provide for you. God won't take care of you. Even as the world whispers that message, and even though some of us have believed that message, today you're speaking a different message. I love you. I made you. I created you, and I'm calling you. And I'm calling you not to that life, but I'm calling you to the abundant life. I'm calling you to a life that is full, full of my love and full of my joy. And so many of us today, Lord, we are answering that call. We're answering that call. We're answering that call. We say yes to you, Jesus. We say yes to you, Lord. May you be the vine, and we be the branches, and may some amazing awesome, incredible, outstanding fruit begin to be produced in each of our lives. We believe it. We expect it. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen. Can we just celebrate with those that said yes to the Lord for the first time? Hallelujah. Amen. Would you stand with us? Let's sing together.